thought about it a lot lately. Um, and honestly, I feel like I've never fit in. I mean, that's the truth. Like, even since I was a kid, I've always been like, just, I've never fit in anywhere. And sometimes you used to be like, well, am I just a loner? But in my mind now, I'm starting to grasp like, it's, I feel like I'm, I mean, and again, this is like mid-30s, like I'm really, really, I'm okay with that. I really am okay with that. Like, I think not fitting in. exciting to um, have my dear friend Serena uh, joining me today for our podcast. Uh, uh, this is going to be uh, an amazing conversation, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you right away, uh, just as all of the conversations I've ever had with Serena. So um, I'm just going to jump in and ask you to tell us and the audience what is it? What is it that you do? What occupies your days? Um, what what feeds your soul? Mm. <laughs> that is the question. Yes. <laughs> um. I mean, I think feeding the soul has changed throughout the years, you know. And I think finally in the past two years, like, I think I've always been kind of all over the place, and I've always mm. been like. I used to think photography, which is what I went to school for, was like, this is what I have to do, so then I have to like move up in this world. And I finally realized that like, and, and again, it's like, I still, like, I love photography. I love photography books. I love still supporting photographers like yourself. <laughs> um, but I, I still knew there was something else. And I've always, always have loved music. Like, music has always been in my life. Like, mm -hmm. it's been my therapy. And I think just tapping into that the past two years um, has really, really, like, just... I don't even know how to describe the feeling. I, I, I think yeah. it's a feeling any creative would know. Or any person who's just passionate about something. Where it's just, like, it, it's like... Um, it's almost like the same feeling that you have when you're nauseous and you're like disgusted by something. It's like the the same feeling, I love but, on the, the but on the opposite <laughs> on the opposite side, you're just like you're nauseous because you're so excited. I don't, I don't know yeah, if you've ever felt yeah, that way. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And you're like, oh my god, and you you have like butterflies. It's like butterflies in your stomach. Yeah. But it's like for the very good thing, the very thing that's like you're growing inside you, and that is the feeling that I have. And it's taken me so long to get to this point in my life and you know like mm -hmm. I'm sure some people would be like oh it took you so long or you know oh you're like in your mid-30s now and like oh my god like but like I think I had so many things I had to work through too and like mm -hmm. I've had health issues and I've had to like I've had like just a lot of issues that I've had to like deal with and mm -hmm. And still doing with like it's always like it's never ending. But I think to feel like I'm finally connecting with something that probably was always in front of my face, you know, like Most music likely. has always been there. Like I've <laughs> yeah, I've always had musician friends. Like 
I've always wanted to play an instrument. I, I did in high school. Like, it's just like, it's like going, entering back into like, it's, it's all circular. It's just like, at what point do you re-enter back into that like circle that was always like going around you? You just like thought you couldn't tap right. into. I actually, um, I actually think it's so fascinating how at, at some point, point in your life, you, um, you almost, you almost enter that meditative state where you start observing and tracing your life back and thinking, well, is there um, almost like a, a re repeating pattern, just like music in your life? And you start noticing that, oh, I've always been surrounded by musicians. Oh, I've always loved yeah. listening to music. I love this and that. And then you're like, Wait, it's been with me forever. Yeah, um, I and was it, just not aware enough. And this. how often, like, we don't listen to it? I think, and and that's the thing. Like, it wasn't like photography didn't fill my soul, but I I do feel like in a way, I remember I was dating this guy who was a photographer at the time. Mm -hmm. So I was like, oh, you know, like, I guess that's what I should do too. You know, and like, yeah. It, so it was a path that like I don't. I was excited about, but I don't feel like necessarily that was like in my gut it was just something like this mm -hmm. this must be the creative thing i should just go for to school for and pursue yeah. so um again you know we've been talking about the authentic self and finding mm -hmm. it is, like who it really is and maybe it is about getting older maybe it is like about time you know like a lot of things are about time and mm -hmm. ha having patience which is something i'm learning too because i haven't always had patience in my life and maybe i thought like going the photography route at the time was like the faster like quicker thing to do creatively, um, even though it actually wasn't in reality, to like build up a, yeah. a career. Because I wanted to be a photo editor at the time, you know. Right, um, right. But, but I also it, it it also kind of draws us back to to the conversation we had earlier about the the society and the pressure of society these days, right? I, sometimes I feel like we're so forced to quickly, quickly find our place in life, right? Yeah. Like, oh, if you're in your mid-twenties and you don't know yet what you want to yeah. do, then guess what? For the next God knows how many years, you're just going to suffer. And I think, <laughs> I think that's such a detriment. Like, I, like, And it's, even you see it with kids who are like, um, their parents force them to go to, to grad school right away after undergrad. I think that's like such a detriment because it doesn't allow them time to like first of all soak in what they've just learned right mm -hmm. and then really time to figure out for themselves not what their parents wanted them to study in undergrad and it's the same with just like careers too I feel like we're we're kind of for even in the creative world which is kind of funny especially in in, in the U.S. it's like what creative commercial job can you you know push yourself to get and it's like and then you know in photography you, you realize out of photo school like there were no business courses, so real, you're realizing really quick, oh my god, what, what do I have to go to? I'll mm -hmm. go work for this commercial photographer who is a total asshole to me. And like, yeah. you know, just, yeah, it was very, it was very forced. And um, I, I just think that, like, you, you need time to, like, allow yourself to, like, mm -hmm. um, go into that, like, true creative zone and I think people take it for granted too I really do like I think mm -hmm. we've talked about this before yeah, like yeah. like it's like our residencies right like some people think they're pointless right because like sometimes you even have to pay for an art residency but really 
people don't understand like that is the one thing that artists crave or need right yeah. is that period of time where they can just zone out and develop these concepts like without our mm -hmm. concepts right we're like dead as artists and like I think people who are not artists do not understand what that feeling is to like like I have 20 books next to my bed right now that mm -hmm. I've there are all these creative books that like mm -hmm. I'm craving to like jump into and I I have those 20 books piled up because I haven't had time. Like, oh, <laughs> yeah, like, like, you know, just like, like, you guys can't see, but there's like a pile on the floor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. And it's like, it's just having that, again, like, it's the, the moments where you're like, again, Bernard said that brilliant idea, like, and it rushes to you and you know, like, it doesn't just rush to you because, you know, mm -hmm. you it doesn't come to you on, you know, March 1st at 2.15 yeah, exactly. p.m. There's no planned way of a great concept. Like, it usually comes mm -hmm. from some creative outlet or you walking or, and so, I guess what I'm saying is like, it comes from a blank space, like a, can like a canvas in your mind. And I don't think that you can go to a canvas in your mind without having exactly that, that recharge or that like... Also without having the room free for that. Yeah. Like you have to, yeah. it, it, you, you have to have some empty space in your mind for creative things to grow and appear. Yeah. And, and that's why in my own life, I think it's so important to have certain practices established, such as creative residences that you guys, I know we're going to and uh, such as med meditation or writing or reading or anything, but you have to create, like, prepare the ground for, yeah. for things to grow. And I think our society actually is not educated enough about the creative processes <clears throat> and about what it takes to be an artist <laughs> and to, to be creative, because I think a lot of people still think that, oh, you're an artist, you, you probably you know, sit at home and paint, you take the brush and you're like, boom, 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 and then here you go. And you, and you sell your uh, artwork somewhere in Sotheby's for a million dollars. And you go to all those fancy... And life is art, just magical. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Magical. And all those like underground parties and events and, and drugs and sex and rock yeah. and roll. And it's... Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I mean... I mean, there's different kinds of artists too, but I really just think, um, you know, it's 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 a way of being too. It's it's just like that's beautiful, by the way. Like it's tweet moment. <laughs> it's the way um, of being. Huh. And I think, again, especially in this country, you know, like look at the the National Endowments for the Art might lose all of its money soon, which is like insane. Um, in a way, you're you're meant to feel in this country like being an artist is a bad thing or you need to like have all these day jobs or a commercial job to prove something and it's like I feel like there's just there it's even added pressure to the pressure that you already feel um, but it even it starts early I mean it even starts in high schools here or it starts in colleges here where it's like it's it's drilled into you like you need to be in some commercial aspect of your art and yeah. like and the question is what if you don't like I'm making very abstract music right now. We're making very abstract video. Like for our all intents and purposes, it would be called like experimental. And like, mm -hmm. where does that fit in the realm of like, you know, 
commercial viability it like it doesn't mm-hmm. you know it, it isn't a money maker you know and like I think it, so in, like you really have to be okay with that like at, like as a person like as a human and and then especially living in the US because I do feel like in Europe at least my experience you know maybe like the grass is greener for me but like yeah I feel like there are more there's a bigger understanding of that that vibe that philosophy whereas yeah. here I feel like you really like everything is commercial and, and you have to like almost like explain why you're experimental or abstract or avant-garde you know and it's yeah, like yeah. It, it's frustrating sometimes it know? is but so yeah. how do you i guess how do you become that fearless to create experimental and abstract music that does not fit in any category mm-hmm. because i think it's such a uh kind of scary moment point in, in, in one's career to make that decision to I am not going to do what everyone else does I think and it's so fucking cool. no it's a great question <laughs> no it's a great question because I thought about it a lot lately um, and honestly I feel like I've never fit in I mean that's the truth like even mm-hmm. since I was a kid I've always been like just I've never fit in anywhere and sometimes you used to be like well am I just a loner but in my mind now, I'm starting to grasp, like, it's, I feel like I'm, I mean, and again, this is like mid-30s, like, I'm really realizing I'm, I'm okay with that. Mm-hmm. I really am okay. I, like, I think not fitting in is, it's, it can be an advantage, but you, in your mind, you have to, like, be okay with that. And I think it's taken me this long to be okay with it because, yeah, I mean, not fitting in typical societal things, you know, especially if you're a person that's like typically been like maybe more introverted and like a little more self-conscious, mm-hmm. like it's really hard to grasp that, to know that like, you know, you will not be this mainstream girl, but it's, I think it's okay if it's like, again, I think it really comes down to your gut, your gut, like what you feel like on the inside. And, mm-hmm. and that's the thing, like, it, again, it's not even about being like an artist. I, I I get so excited by people who are just really passionate about what they do. Like, because yeah. more often than not, like, I'm running into so many people now that are just like, I feel I feel like they're so numb to me. Like, they're just so like, yeah, I do this. Like, I just like if you're a janitor and you're passionate about like being a janitor, like, I don't I don't really give a shit. You know, like for me, it's just like I can see someone's passion in their face, and that makes me so happy because I just see that so many people like aren't really passionate or dedicated to what they do. And I think that that's actually the detriment. The detriment is like yeah. people not having any like soul in anything they do, mm-hmm. you know? It's like, if you're a software programmer, you know, even, you know, it's like maybe it's something that's so far removed from me, like programming and coding all day, but like there are people who I've met this year who are like just really passionate about coding. Yeah. I, I get excited by them and uh-huh. like, you know, like that it's contagious. Like it's like, infectious like it's just like that is more important to me than like again like even defining like that I'm an artist and you're this and you're she's this and um but yeah exactly I agree I also think that it's so important to for everyone to just understand that um 
it's not only the artists who get to be passionate about what they do in yeah. life, right? And this yeah. is also some kind of a stereotype or like he's a painter and he's like so passionate about what he does and he loves yeah. to draw and all that. Yeah. Now, everyone, uh, and, I'm, and I'm very, very 100% sure about that, that every single person on this planet has his or her own uh, calling or destiny or whichever way you, you or talent, whichever way you call that, yeah. something yeah. that you're here for, something, <clears throat> some something that you're here to say or do or just show up in life and manifest yourself, right? And it doesn't matter if you're an artist. Uh, the creator is in every single person. It's the way the creator shines through, right? Right. It's you can be a coder, you can be an IT specialist, a mathematician, or or a musician, or or a doctor. When you are doing something that is right, and you know that you will like, you will know it for sure, and you'll be passionate about doing this. And it's not only the artists; it's not only the creative people working in a creative field that have that ability, right? And this yeah. is also the reason why I think I was just thinking as you were saying that, I was thinking, well, why is that there's so many people who are, um, you know, they're almost like robots going to work every day and have no, no light in their eyes, right? I, yeah, and I mean, I, I think, again, like, I, I think people just have to have a drive. They have to have a purpose. Like, mm -hmm. we all have to have some purpose, like, but it, it doesn't mean that, like, it, it doesn't have to be, like, the purpose of, like, going this trajectory route that someone created for you or that your parents created for you or... Mm -hmm. um, I, I really, truly think it's, like, it, it is a deep question. It's, like, it's, like, and maybe it is easy for some people. I know it, I, it's something I've always like struggled with, and that's why like I feel like it. It's something that you can only figure out yourself. Like nobody mm -hmm. else can help you. And I think a lot of people, it's an easy because to go that deeper path means mm -hmm. like you have to kind of be vulnerable, right? And I oh, think yes. doing the everyday robot thing is not being vulnerable, right? It's yes. it's easy. Yeah. The route I'm going isn't easy, and I think pe most people just want easy, which is fine, you know, mm -hmm. like, I mean, everyone picks and chooses, um, but I know that I don't want to die thinking I didn't do things that really gratified my soul, you know. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, I mean, it's, it's a lot of, like, deep soul searching, and the journey is like never over, right? It's like not over now. But how and did you start? Was there a moment in your life when you realized I'm not doing what I need to be doing in my life? Or like when, because there probably was that pivotal moment where you decided I'm gonna pursue music now. I, I mean, like again, I feel like, I mean, and these are thoughts I like literally just recently have had, which is like, <laughs> interesting. Um, I, music has always been around me and I think for the longest time and I've I have like a very successful friend in it in electronic music and but I think that for some reason I always was like well those are those people they're they're able to do it I I possibly can't do that like I uh -huh. I can't pick up a synth and I can't like you know learn how to like 
you know, create electronic music. Um, uh-huh. And then, but then I bought a synth and then I just started like, yeah, learning through books and tutorials. And like, I think, and then, and then getting these shows, like, it's like a, it's like validation, like, mm-hmm. and people coming up to you being like, oh, this is like really great. Like, I think it's these little signs that like started validating in my head that like, you can do this. Like, yeah. it's, I, I don't know how to describe it. It's like, a, it's a really weird thing. It's like, and in, in a way, like when, you know, like you meet those people in your life who are like, you can do, you know, like, I don't know, like in my cynical self when people would be like, oh, you can just do this. And I'd always be like, what are they talking about? That's like so far-fetched. Yeah. But most of it really is a mental thing. It really is. Like it really is someone's mind just being like, "Mm, no, like you can't learn. You're getting too old. All these Mm -hmm. just like negative, negative, negative voices in your head. I just think like if you actually just push those aside, Mm-hmm. and listen to the voice that's like, okay, this might be a slight risk, but you love music. You you know music. You hear it in your head all the time. Like, you can do this. Like, Yeah. So I, I think it's willing to be vulnerable and willing. It was me taking a risk, which yeah. isn't even a, a huge risk in the whole scheme of things, right? Mm-hmm. It's just being like, why not try this? So exactly. I, I think the it, it started from like, my partner and I, we were doing videos and performances, but I wasn't doing live soundtracks. And then when this guy asked us to do a show and he's like, can you play live? The, my first reaction was like, I don't know, mm. I'll, I'll play some recorded um, thing. And then I was like, no, wait, I should challenge myself. I'll give myself yeah. two months. And I, and I did, I played and it wasn't perfect you know but it was validation that I can do this and I can keep getting better so I think again like I know and some of this might all sound so cheesy sometimes you know it might sound like regurgitated words but it, it truly is just like I think a lot of reason I mean most of the reason why people don't do things is fear oh yeah that that fear inside your head mm-hmm. and it's created by people around you, but it's also created by that, that fear voice in your head. That's like, no, 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 you know, be, you know, be safe, be in the zone. Yeah. You know, exactly. People will think you're like kind of weird or like, Mm -hmm. why are you doing this now? But it's like, again, it doesn't matter if you feel good about it. Like, exactly. Yeah, Yeah. I agree. Um, I think it's such, um, such an inspiring story and insight. Uh, sometimes I think that we, especially people who were not maybe seen by either their family or surrounding as they were growing up or becoming, and people who were not, and that's that's my story essentially, right? Like I, um, and I like to share that the fact that I don't believe I was seen enough by by my surrounding Mm. um and if that's the case then it's really difficult to believe in yourself yeah 
because if you you'll be constantly seeking that validation from outside you'll be constantly dependent on oh, what what other people say about me what will they yes. think about what i do well yes. how do i look how do i show up how what is like am i fitting in yeah. and you're constantly trying to put yourself into this kind of standard size box yes. uh yeah. which from the get-go inside of your head you know for sure you don't fit and this box is not for you yeah and it's fine uh but because there was this whole story from the moment you were born and and you wish you were seen and recognized yeah. for what you are, but you yeah. were not. And then, so stepping over that boundary and finding that courage inside of you to just say, you know, I can't. I just. And also, what if there is only one chance in your life? What if, what if you only have one chance? And like, how can you lose that chance of not? trying and not going after what your calling yeah. is i i just don't understand like, you have to you have to yeah. yeah and if you if especially if someone calls you and tells you listen uh can you play this uh recording can you play this music live yeah. what what goes in my mind what if i only yeah. have this one yeah. chance no totally totally um i absolutely relate to you because you know, as a kid, I was bullied a lot, and mm -hmm. um, I mean, they were just like, it was a pretty, like, depressing childhood, I would say, like, just, I, and I, I have a twin, and actually, mm -hmm. uh, my twin was like the beautiful twin, and lots of, you know, boys, and popular, mm -hmm. and I was the complete opposite, um, and you know, like at a really young age, I thought about things like suicide and stuff like that. And um, that has a really profound effect on you, you know. Um, of course. Sorry. <laughs> Would you say it has an effect? It might, it must have an effect on your art as well, because everything that you've experienced in your life, right, is, do you see that in the music that you create right, right now, that it kind of like, Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Like, it I wouldn't mean, be the same, in other words. It's like the feeling you have, like, when I listen to music. I mean, that's why, like, sometimes it's really, really hard to, for me to explain how I feel when I hear certain kinds of music, because it's so deep to me. Like, I, I don't even know, like, as, you know, especially classical and jazz, like, mm -hmm. they're just... It, like literally my body tingles and like I, mm -hmm. I I'll start shivering from like certain songs you know like that's how deep music gets to me and so I want to create that same kind of feeling that hopefully other people can feel too which is yeah it's a deep like where there's a lot of vulnerability like and I think that does stem from like Dealing with the concept of like life and death, dealing with like the idea of death too, like yeah. dealing with like the idea of suicide, like because that's the other thing too. We we don't talk about death, mm -hmm. especially in Western culture, enough. And I think when you and I mean and that's the thing, like death is seen in Western culture as like this creepy, scary, evil, like almost like evil thing. And then you get embalmed yeah. and you, you push you away underground. But it's like it's almost like a punishment, right? It's a punishment, and we don't think of it as like especially in Eastern culture where it's like 
it's always talked about. It, it pervades your life. Life and death, they're intrinsically linked. They're not separate. Exactly. It's like right around the corner. Mm-hmm. And if you always had that around you, I think that you would be so much more, more vulnerable, right? Just like, like the, this is it. That, that feeling more of this is it versus like, that's why, you know, I mean, sometimes I, it, it's interesting to me how there are a lot of Westerners I know who like, they might have just experienced their first death and it's like, usually a celebrity <laughs> and, and I mean and, I'm, and again like I I people feel things for certain reasons so I would never put that down but I find that fascinating that like you know so many people were like the, the first kind of death experience they experienced were like maybe they were in love with Kobe Bryant and they're mm-hmm. just this one woman told me that she like couldn't um, sleep and that she was just thinking about him and his, her daughter, uh, his daughter. And I mean, I, I was just like, wow, like this person isn't even related to her. But mm-hmm. again, I mean, can you imagine if like she grappled with the idea of death like much earlier in life and just like not just because a family member had died or something that maybe she would have these emotions to deal with mm-hmm. sooner, you know, maybe be more vulnerable in life. Mm-hmm. So I think when you think about like these concepts that might seem complicated or, or sorry, complex, I think they're actually really not, they wouldn't be that complex if we were just actually always talking about them and not you mm-hmm. know, putting them in boxes. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, and, and even just like people talking about suicide or just things that, like even mental health, you know, like mental yeah. health is the thing that like, I still think is such such a stigma here. And, mm-hmm. um it really shouldn't be because I mean I've, I've always joked that like I feel like everybody in New York City has some kind of like mental <laughs> which most like likely you're right most likely City. you're right yes <laughs> um, but I, th- I guess what I'm saying is like I don't think these things have, have to be like these deep dark issues or even called dark because mm-hmm. they really aren't dark they're a part of our they're part of our psyche. They're part of what makes us human. Like, you know, it's like, there's always dark with the light. That's the way I see it. Like, Mm -hmm. it's just like someone can't always be 24 seven happy. I find that personally really scary to see Mm -hmm. someone. Yeah. That's how you know there is some sort of a mental health issue going on. (laughs) No, I I think digging into the dark side is just the other side of you. It's not the evil side or the, it's just like, there's two sides everybody you know and it's like um yeah it's well it it all comes back to kind of the idea of accepting you as a whole and not just as that perfect image because no one is perfect and and all of us have our good days and bad days and 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 that's fine too um and it's just it's just being fine with who you are and what 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 speaks to you and accepting yeah. that and knowing that and 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 also creating art based on that and i think just even like the other thing you just said about again going back to being a kid like how you you always wanted like validation from your friends or like mm-hmm. how like and again like i i don't i can't say this enough that i don't think people realize how long it can take for somebody who has gone through like being bullied or like you know, like maybe their parents neglected them or something like mm-hmm. it has a profound effect on you when you're older. Like it, mm-hmm. it absolutely does. Like there's no, 
there's no doubt about it. So for people to think that it's like something that like, what, you, know, you couldn't just grapple with this like in your 20s and like move on. And it's like, these are deep seated things that like oh, sometimes yeah. take, mm-hmm. but I think again, the point is like, when you come to that point, whatever age you are, and you're finally like, I do not give a shit. I'm, I'm happy with what I'm doing. I want to wear tight orange spandex and like have a shaved head. Mm-hmm. Like, it, I'm like, and that's why like, I like, I love when I see like older women who are wearing like, you know, the yeah. tight leopard pants and like hot pink hair and they're like 85 and they look like they're like the most confident person I've ever seen in my entire life. Like, that's yeah. that's what I want to be. That's like, that's who we should all be tra- exactly. or stri- strive to be. Exactly. You know what I mean? I mean, um, and it, but again, yeah, I can't stress that. Like, I think these boundaries of what we should be doing when when we're whatever age and these trajectories are so your five year trajectory. Like, I'm so so. Yeah, yeah. It's it's not <laughs> even corporate America. It's like everywhere. It's like Serena, yeah. what's your five year goal? And I was like. Well, I was doing this five years ago. I might be doing something else. If I, I don't, you know, I think. Well, you know what? Also, I just had this idea that I think a few years ago, uh, this whole kind of concept of personal brand was introduced into into the mass yes. market. That everyone yeah. is now looking at each other as as a business, as a marketing, or, or as uh, a marketing brand, right? Yeah. Uh, I think maybe partially the reason for that is that we have so many influencers and people online who build their own brands and kind of help promote certain goods yeah. or services, blah, blah. But then what the effect it had on our culture is that we all refer to each other as, as a brand or a product oh or a business and, <laughs> and, and coming back to, to the five-year plan. Okay, so where do you see yourself in five years? Or like, <laughs> even, I, I even know that uh, someone actually... The question should really be like, <laughs> who's to say that you will be here in five years? And not, it's not even a dark thing, but it's saying like, why not do something great in the next like five hours? Yeah, like, why you are you bothered with this? Right? I, I mean, for me, I, I just feel per- like, and again, you know, maybe because I've experienced close people dying around me or I, I, for me, like every, and I've been sick in my life, so I've, I've been in hospitals. So I, I just, to me, like my experiences in life have made me just have this thing where I just, I can't wait. Like I, I'm, I'm not going to wait for a, my 401k or mm-hmm. my pension or like I, I find it totally ridiculous like this the 65 years old like yeah I don't know if I'll be here when I'm 65 and I'm sure exactly. I'm not gonna wait to go on a around the world vacation at 65 I just you know so I I, I can't force this into other people but I I try to like mm-hmm. yeah you know. me too I feel it um actually <laughs> I'm happy we're talking about it right now because I've been having these conversations with different people over the last several months or weeks. Um, the concept of knowing uh, the shortness of time that is given, mm. right? So regardless, I might live for 100 years, but I, yeah. I know that it's, it's short. Yeah. Somehow, like there is, it's not that I, some people are, uh, you know, when I start talking about death again, coming yeah. back to the, to the subject and I talk about death all the time. My, my favorite 
uh, posture pose in yoga is Shavasana, the corpse pose. And for those of you who don't know, that's the last pose in in, um, in yoga practice where you lay down and, and you basically lay just right. like a, a dead body uh, for a certain number of minutes, right? And that's right. my favorite pose because this is the end of your cycle before rebirth happens. Before rebirth, yeah. Um, but not to take us away from the subject, regardless if I have five days, five years, or hundred years, it is still short. Yeah. I, I'm mostly afraid that it's not going to be enough time for me to say everything that I have to say because I want to die empty. Um, and there's, there's a, that's, that's actually the name of the book, uh, written by Todd Henry. Uh, and you guys can, Take a look. Uh, I, I just love the concept for all of the creatives and all people, generally speaking, the desire to that empty meaning to express everything you Right, want. like all the beautiful creativity has been drained out of you and now you're finally ready yeah, to Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So you, you, you served your purpose, your higher purpose in this life and now you can go. Uh, but I think if you are aware of the concept of time that makes you so much more effective and productive yeah. in your day to day. You know, you can't lose waste. time. You can't yeah. waste. You can't have those stupid, uh, you know, short conversations. Oh, how are you? <laughs> like, where do Great. you see? How are you? Where, where, like, how <laughs> is the, the weather? weather? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Oh, or like, man. where do you see yourself in five years? <laughs> I don't give a shit. Yeah. Yeah. No, small talk is the, yeah. the hardest hardest thing for me to do um, um anyhow you guys so uh concept of time yes don't waste time uh and live for the fullest expression of yourself i think that's so important to just find what speaks to you and and kind of reinforce that and empower and and, and work on that yeah and, and again time it is a concept. It's like going to be different for everybody else. And it's like, it's not to say like, again, it seems like, you know, saying life is short, right? Like, what does it mean anymore? It seems like such a mm-hmm. overused phrase. And in, in a lot of ways it is because no one sees the meaning in it anymore. But mm-hmm. I think that's the point is just to find the meaning in it for you. Mm-hmm. You know, every, in a way you could say everything has been done. Everything's been said, everything's being recycled, mm-hmm. but it's like, Find your own personal meaning in all of it, because there is so much noise now, and it, and noise that's just like recycling and recycling, and it's like, I think, I think the other concept is discipline. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a friend. <laughs> um, yes, Mura, my co-host, uh, just made an appearance. Because <laughs> <laughs> we're having such a good conversation. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but I think discipline is another thing, which is like, it's not discipline as the concept of like you know being like robot it's the idea that like we live in such a society now where we're bombarded with everything too much of everything and I think that it's really really important for us to like take a step back and be disciplined in things that we know are going to help us like um especially as a creative you know I, I can get so scatterbrained sometimes um, mm-hmm. and have a million ideas and running on, you know, mm-hmm. a million miles and like, and, and this is still a journey for me. This is the thing I'm trying to work on right now, which is like, just like, again, like 
I don't even know if discipline is the right word because it's not about being a robot, but it is like setting up a, a plan for myself where I can like, mm -hmm. okay, on this day, I'm just focusing on creating music. On this next day, I am doing some like mental health. I'm, you know, mm -hmm. going swimming, you know, just, mm -hmm. but I feel like I have to do that because again, like with social media and like friends and you need to be here and there. And it's just like, like so much noise that for someone like me, I, I think I could just go down like a rabbit yeah. hole. Just like, I think in a way, if you get so overwhelmed, you end up being like, you, you procrastinate, mm -hmm. right? Cause like the easiest way to not deal with such a influx of like info is just to, like, be like, I'm going to go hide under my covers and just like, you know, exactly. binge watch Netflix. But I think like the, the, almost like the radical approach now is to be disciplined, to like choose to be like, I'm gonna go for a walk, and then I'm gonna go like create, and then I'm gonna go read and take some, you know, like that to me is being disciplined, actually. Yeah. So. Well, to me, it also <clears throat> speaks to the concept of developing self awareness, where you not only you know that there's a voice in your head mm -hmm. sometimes telling you that you're tired or time to take a break, <laughs> time to go away. Well, it's First of all, it's A, to be aware of that voice, but B, is to follow what that voice is telling you. Because a lot yeah. of times you would hear that, okay, you have to slow down, you have to slow down, you have to take a break, stop working, now, yeah. stop, stop drinking coffee, like this is not <laughs> the only liquid. <laughs> and then, and so then, true. and then you're like, no, 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 but I like, I need to finish for this deadline. I need to do this. And then you, what happens is that you burn out. Um, and then that's not good. So I think coming back to the discipline subject, it's also following what you feel is right not only hearing but also following and and to your point taking care of yourself um yeah. i mean i think it's just such an old notion to like uh this artist you know they smoke and drink and party yeah. all night and live on like a really you know shitty diet where like ramen all the time and it's like it's total bullshit like we're just like any other humans yeah um to feed our souls we need to feed our bodies too we are, are in these bodies we need to take care of ourselves and for sure especially when you get busy because you, you're just like well i'll just go grab this like thing but then it turns into oh i keep grabbing this same bad thing and then i keep grabbing you know like yeah, 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 you think yeah, it's yeah. gonna be a one-time thing but it's not and that's why i say discipline because yeah it is a certain mindset to be healthy yeah you know i mean i see it all the time with people around me and it's like mm -hmm. people who are already sick but they're like well, you know, I'm taking, um, you know, insulin shots, so I can still have this like oh, shitty food for my diabetes. Christ. You know, it's like a weird, it's a weird concept where I'm like, but you can just go to the root and like, just try to be more. So again, I, I think it's being strong. I mean, I think it's like making that concerted effort to also be healthy too, because that also, again, that's another thing. Without your health, like that colors everything too. When you're sick, mm -hmm. it colors everything. Yeah. Um, people don't realize that enough too. Like, so I think, again, I mean, it's really just like making a schedule that works for yourself and then, you know, like mm -hmm. trying to stick with it. And maybe that means that you do have to cut out certain things in your life too, which is okay. another thing, you know, like cutting out certain people that, mm -hmm. that are toxic. Have, have, have driven you towards like really bad habits. Um, it's also something I've done this year too, and that has like had a really profound effect on me as well. Um, well, good effect, right? Yeah, I mean, I think 
again, you know, you don't realize it until you're inside that cycle, usually a toxic cycle. And mm-hmm. I think I just was like, I don't know why it took me so long, but I was like, I, I need to not be around these negative people. And mm-hmm. I think it was actually like seeing a therapist for a little bit and you know, having a therapist tell me like, you need to like, take a break from these people like yeah. now mm-hmm. <laughs> and did you feel the difference right away it's actually took me a while because this one person in particular was like what I would consider someone I've known for a really long time and mm-hmm. supposedly a good friend but I realized that like this there was no reciprocation for a very long time and that it was mm-hmm. really just me like helping this person you know to feed their like to make them feel good about themselves yeah, all the time yeah. and I was just like this thing this person like they never made any concerted efforts to reciprocate so I think when you are in such a toxic relationship for such a long time mm. it it takes a while oh, you know it's like okay. anything so I think it wasn't overnight but I think months and I again you know we talk about time today mm-hmm. and I think time time is definitely a healer like I think in having patience and so yeah it, with time it slowly has like faded you know good um, but yeah I mean it, again it's like it wasn't an overnight process and it took me a while to realize these things um, but I, I definitely realized in 2019 like I don't I don't need these people anymore like they have not helped to benefit right like what I am as a person they haven't been there for me as a friend so like what you know it's just Mm -hmm. but but making me feel like shit like all the time so yeah so good so you started your 2020 on a like a detox (laughs) (laughs) yeah I mean and it's like even detox I think it's not like a, you know, like there are these people like Jan- January, I'm going to become vegan. January, I'm gonna <laughs> stop drinking. January, I'm going to... January, I'm... I think um, I'm not gonna detox have... should be a journey too. It, sh- it can last for a while, you know, like... Absolutely, yeah. It's I don't also... think detoxing should be like a month, you know. It should mm-hmm. be however long you need. Yeah. You know? Speaking of... Um, speaking of discipline and schedule... Uh, I want to come closer to Test 2 yeah. uh, Collective, and, and I wanted to uh, hear more and also tell the audience, the listeners, as to what is Test 2, what is it that you do, and where we can find you, where we can listen <laughs> to the music. Because I feel like we've touched upon the music, the subject yeah. of music, but we never said exactly what is it that you do, and... Also, we should, uh, of course, mention your partner in crime yeah. and in Test Two Collective yeah. and why. Like the other, so Test Two has two two parts, and uh, Serena is one, and and there is another part. And so I'll let you yeah. speak about that a little. So I think our identity is continually evolving. You know, just like artist statement, right? Like the mm-hmm. one you wrote, the one we wrote in 2017 is not what we're writing now, which is. You know, sometimes it's scary, but like it's also like, so what? Like, so I think originally we were, hence the the word collective. We were gonna be, 
more than two people and this like kind of evolving door of various artists like fabricators, designers, musicians, mm -hmm. performers, dancers. And and in a sense we are, but the core of Tessu Collective is myself and Dan Desine, who is my partner and my lover um, and best friend. Um, and he started out being a sculptor. Um, my background is in photography. Um, we met this Bouteau dancer, Azumi O, and we had this concept in 2018 of her performing underneath the screen with um, our abstract videos that we were making at the time. Mm -hmm. So she had this loft space. We went to this loft space to do this test, of this crazy idea of like, stretching out spandex over this frame and having her do these like movements so basically we, this whole concept was we wanted to have vi our video come to life through a human body uh -huh. um, and then we're like oh well, we need to create a soundtrack and so at the time I was working with my friend Adam um, he had a, a studio in uh, Gowanus with all these synthesizers and I was like well, let's try to make this and then Izumi was like, you guys should apply um, for this collaboration festival. It's like dance that's, um, you know, working with technology, things outside, ideas outside of just dance, out of traditional dance. Mm -hmm. And I, I was like, okay, I, I didn't think we were going to get it. And lo and behold, we did. Um, and so that was very much our first experience was an all-encompassing, like, dance, visual, music, uh, design mm -hmm. um, and then recently we kind of slowly have become more this like audio-visual collective but still working with other artists mm -hmm. artists in various forms um, so right now we're it's this concept of like doing smaller shows that are just Dan and I which is Dan doing the visuals me doing the sound mm -hmm. us together brainstorming on the visual concepts um, and then we will do these bigger shows uh, throughout the years, which involve like fabricating a set mm -hmm. um, and then bringing in dancers and other audiovisual artists, but making a whole night of our smaller concepts that maybe we do um, out in like small clubs or loft spaces. Um, so it's it's hard like when you're put on the side to describe yeah. what we do. Not I mean not hard like we we do you know, video and, but like, yeah, to break it down technically, I mean, it's all analog stuff. So I basically create music from synthesizers. Um, and then I do field recordings. I tend to do field recordings of like not typical things. Like recently <laughs> I did field recordings, uh, with, uh, electromagnetic mic, which means it picks up EMF frequencies and I went to a fabrication studio which was doing 3D printers and I put these mics on these 3D printers and created sounds or recorded wow. sounds from that. So wow, so creative. On my most recent show, we that was part of the atmospheric sounds with the synthesizers. And then Dan, recently we just started uh, messing around with growing crystals, mm -hmm. uh, which is a very like... <laughs> 
science-y thing to do, but um, Dan had a microscope, and mm -hmm. our whole thing has been doing, ever since we started Test 2, is doing macro videos, like, you know, these, zooming into these worlds that are in front of our faces, but, like, going into, like, the cosmos wow, of the everyday. And, but now we switched to a microscope, which is even, you know, obviously zooming in, like, more. Yeah. And... Uh, we came up with a way to grow crystals live because it involves like heat um, where people can like see this through the microscope. So we just did version 1.0 this week and we have kinks to work out because it is science. It is. Mm -hmm. I, I, I guess the point is, is like what we are doing is it's all analog. It's it's all by our hands. It's like. Mm -hmm. And, and in a lot of ways, it's fleeting and it's imperfect. Like, even my synthesizers, they will make different sounds based on the temperature in the room, right? Mm -hmm. Like, sometimes if it's colder, it will sound a little bit more detuned. So, mm -hmm. and sometimes I'll just be improvising. So, it's really never the same set, even when I'm uh, creating sounds in my studio and I've practiced it over and over again. I might never be the same when it's live. Mm -hmm. And the same with doing these live science-y videos, like what we do in our studio, like what just happened on Tuesday night was not, for, for better or worse, what exactly <laughs> happened in the studio. Um, but that's kind of the whole beauty of it. And I think the importance of Test 2 Collective is that we are this kind of perfectly imperfect yeah. collective. Um, you know, and we're, and we're, our bigger shows are working with artists who do work with software mm -hmm. or in the digital realm. And I think I like that mix of people not knowing what to expect, um, mm -hmm. but also like, like everyone is about these immersive environments now. And it's also questioning like, what does immersive mean? Like what is an immersive experience? Yeah. And um, so I think we're, we're asking those questions as we go along and we're trying to be unique without being super high tech, which I don't even know what high tech means anymore, but let's just say like, you know, yeah. we're not doing VR, we're not doing like, you know, um, these digital worlds, like mm -hmm. for the most part, it's very physical and fabricating our own, um, sets. So. Wow. Yeah. And where where can we find more information about you? See Sweet. maybe pictures of you, maybe a picture of Ben <laughs> since he's not here. Hi, um, <laughs> we miss you today. Sorry. <laughs> so we just actually next we time. did our yeah next time you should get Dan. Yes, um, he's amazing. Yes. Um, actually, I have to mention this fact that. Uh, you are the first woman on my podcast. Really? Yes, the oh, first wow. female guest. So when awesome. we invite Dan, you'll be I the first you were duo. You'd be the first man. <laughs> yeah. Now, um. to all of you who who've been thinking that I will only be inviting men to my podcast, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you were not right about that. No. Um, so you can. Yeah. We just redid our website. Awesome. Um, so go to testucollective.com mm -hmm. and also. Uh, Instagram. Yeah. Um, we're trying to be better about posting. Perfect. We haven't always been good about it. Do uh, you have any upcoming shows, planning? To yeah, so February 26th at Holo, which I forget the address, but it's in Ridgewood. 
I'll um, I'll add it to um, to the notes. We'll be part of a night of other uh, audiovisual artists, but and modular synth artists. Um, so it'll be a night of like ambient music, um, Very really cool. cool visuals, and then in April, knock on wood, we're working out a bigger. Can't really talk about it because okay, uh, <laughs> okay, okay. But a much bigger event, which would involve like dancers and this concept that I've had for like over a year amazing so um, that's great yeah. guys so um, yeah follow uh, Testu Collective on all the platforms I'm gonna share um, the website and, and the um, Instagram handle in the notes to the podcast so um, I hope those of you who are in New York will be able to attend both shows in February and April and any future shows as well. Uh, Stay tuned for all the updates. Thank you for today's just really insightful conversation. I could keep talking. Yeah, I know. And we will. (laughs) And we will after this, yes. And thank you guys for listening. Thank you for joining this week.